This podcast is researched and presented by enthusiasts, not experts, for entertainment purposes only. None of the content you're about to hear is meant to be taken as legal, medical, financial, survival, or any other kind of advice. Please consult with professionals. This episode contains mature content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Please be advised. Welcome to In the Labyrinth of Death, the podcast where we explore the choices people make in disasters and whether those choices keep them alive. I'm Finn. And I'm Marina. This week, we're going to be talking about being buried alive. This is another spooky subject in honor of Halloween coming up soon. Yep, but before we dive into being buried alive, I actually have one small note about last week's episode about werewolves. So my mom dutifully listens to every episode, thanks mom, and she pointed out that I actually have like legit werewolf trauma from when I was four. So I was at Bush Gardens, which is an amusement park in Virginia. It was October. They have this spooky Halloween thing that they do after dark. So because I was little, my family was rushing to get out before it got too creepy. But, you know, kids are slow, and so we must have been too slow before the creepy music and the fog and the actors in masks started coming out. I was actually holding on to my aunt's hand as we passed by, like, this huge, like, stand of stalks of corn. And this huge freaking, like, wolf man jumped out from behind the corn stalks. So I screamed and tried to flee, and my aunt managed to hold on so I didn't actually become, like, a lost child in the darkness. And I, like, I know this story factually, but I keep blocking it out. So my mom reminded me that I I really do have werewolf trauma, and there it is. With that being said, I don't think either of us have any weird issues about being buried alive. Yeah, I don't think so. We're not even, like, really claustrophobic or anything, but I think it's, like, a really, really terrible way to die. Also, as a side note, when we're talking about being buried alive here, we're talking specifically about being buried alive, like, in dirt, in the earth, intentionally by other humans. So that could be whether you're being like tortured, murdered, or you're just mistaken for being dead. We're not talking about all the other ways that you could be buried alive, like in an avalanche or a mudslide or a structural collapse. We'll get to all those other topics in later episodes. Right. We're talking specifically about the old school Victorian concept of being buried alive. All right. It's time for Halloween spooky story time. When I think about being buried alive, I go straight to, like, foggy Victorian cemeteries and existential dread. One of the most famous stories from this time is Edgar Allan Poe's The Premature Burial. It's fictional, but it speaks deeply to me as an erotic human being. An erotic? I heard it too. I heard it too. (laughs) Don't you dare leave that one in. (laughs) Let me laugh first. (laughs) It's fictional, but it speaks deeply to me as, like, an anxious and neurotic kind of person. I was going to read the whole thing, but Finn talked me out of it, so I'll just summarize and then read an excerpt. If you want to read the whole thing, just go ahead. Oh, no, I'll spare you guys. Don't worry. It's pretty long. This would be, like, a two-hour podcast. But basically, it starts out with, like, a few quote-unquote historical cases of people being buried alive, and then it goes into the main character's fascination with it. He describes feeling that my nerves have become thoroughly unstrung, and I fell a prey to perpetual horror, which I feel routinely on like a great many subjects. He then goes on to describe an elaborate plan to avoid being buried alive. I entered into a series of elaborate precautions. Among other things, I had the family vault so remodeled as to admit of being readily opened from within. The slightest pressure upon a long lever that extended far into the tomb would cause the iron portals to fly back. There were arrangements also for the free admission of air and light, and convenient receptacles for food and water, 
within immediate reach of the coffin intended for my reception. This coffin was warmly and softly padded and was provided with a lid fashioned upon the principle of the vault door, with the addition of springs so contrived that the feeblest movement of the body would be sufficient to set it at liberty. Besides all this, there was suspended from the roof of the tomb a large bell, the rope of which it was designed should extend through a hole in the coffin and so be fastened to one of the hands of the corpse. But alas, what avails the vigilance against the destiny of man? Not even these well-contrived securities suffice to save from the uttermost agonies of living inhumation a wretch to these agonies foredoomed. I feel like you're at this level of paranoia. Yeah, with stuff like rabies and like dying in general, but less so with like specifically being buried alive. Although we'll see if I change my tune after we get through this episode. Edgar Allan Poe aside, apparently being buried alive is like actually a legit thing. So I found lots of real stories of it happening, like actually like countless stories. One of the most famous cases happened in 1937 in France. A 19-year-old man who was named Angelo Hayes got in a motorcycle accident and he actually had like a head-on collision with a brick wall and fractured his skull. He was declared dead and then he was buried. Now, so here's the weird part because that was pretty straightforward. And this weird thing actually ended up saving his life. His father had recently taken out like a large life insurance policy against his son's life. So he went to go file that and the insurance company was like, no, this is super, like super suspect. You take out a big claim, your son suddenly dies and now you're rich. So the insurance company actually exhumed the body and they found that his body, he wasn't dead. He was still breathing even. He was just in a coma. And so it took like a lot of medical attention, but he actually recovered fully. And so at least in France, he went on to become a minor celebrity and he even invented like his own fancy coffin that was supposed to prevent that from happening again. That's one way to become famous. Anyways, let's dig into the details of being buried alive. I think there's a few words related specifically to being buried alive that we should talk about. One is a term for the act of burying someone alive, which is vivisepulter. Oh, and by the way, I like to add that at least at the time of recording, when you look up vivisepulter on Google, it like weirdly comes back with a picture of like a really yummy looking meringue pie thing. I think it's just an ad on the bottom of the dictionary page. And it's probably only happening for us in this moment of time. But now I have really strange feelings about meringue and death. That may be because you have a mild case of taphophobia, which is the fear of being buried alive. Apparently, it used to be pretty common, but it's pretty rare now outside of some really remote places. I think that's because in those remote places, they may not have the technology to accurately determine if somebody's actually deceased or not. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of the tools we use to determine brain death are only available in like wealthy industrialized countries. So without those tools, you may be more likely to get miscategorized as fully dead when you're not actually dead yet. Correct. So the history of being buried alive probably goes all the way back to when humans first started burying dead bodies, which anthropologists think is about 130,000 years ago. Were we even like people back then or were we like Cro-Magnons? We were humans. Burial norms or burial rites varied throughout history and cultures. For example, all the way back in ancient Rome, it was customary to let a body sit for about eight days before being buried. So back then, barring a really, really deep coma, it's unlikely that you'd be buried alive. However, from the Victorian era onwards, your odds were significantly worse. According to one author, it was said that in the early 1900s, people found that somebody had actually been buried alive about once a week. That number is kind of crazy to me, like once a week in what population and where? And like, how do you decide that? How many bodies are you like exhuming to figure that number out? I don't know. I want to believe it's grave robbers. Like, 
Victorian grave robbers in the fog. To me, that's about as good an explanation as any. Being buried alive was such a concern during that time that people built all sorts of crazy contraptions and inventions. You can actually look up the original diagrams on the Patent Office website. Yeah, I'll try to post some of them on our show notes on our website, which is inthelabyrinthofdeath.com. So way back in the 1800s, one guy from Vermont named Timothy Clark Smith had a window installed on his casket so that people could look in and confirm that he was actually dead, even after he was buried. He also had a bell placed in his casket so that he could ring the bell and be heard. Now get this, the craziest part is that he was a literal doctor. He actually had so little faith in medicine at the time that he invented a brand new kind of coffin. That's kind of shitty. Although, to be fair, when was this? Like, the 1800s? That's like Civil War times. I mean, that's like, you get like a cut and then you get gangrene and then you get like your leg cut off. So I can't, I can't really blame the guy for being weird about it. And I actually saw this case too. And it turns out that like the window that he had into his coffin actually missed it up over time. And like, you actually can't see into it now. And it probably started misting up either like because it was not really watertight inside. It was like moisture from the ground. Or it could have been because he was decomposing. I don't actually know if they, like, embalmed people back then or not. For the record, though, like, at least for a little while, folks could see through the window and he was 100% definitely dead. That's not even the craziest thing that they designed in the late 19th century. A lot of them featured some kind of air pipe for oxygen and also incorporated some way to signal that you were, in fact, alive. There's one thing I want to talk about with the air pipes, where it was, like, a man and a woman, and the man gets kidnapped, the woman gets, like, the ransom call and they're saying like, hey, give us the money. Your husband's buried alive over here, but don't worry, there's an air pipe. Give us the money and we'll dig him back up and he'll be fine. It turns out that she did whatever they wanted. They went to dig the guy up. The air pipe had malfunctioned and he died. So even with these guys who are building these like super fancy coffins, like you're relying on like one little air pipe, you might still have died anyway. That being said, I want to actually jump like a little bit farther back in time. I found a theory when I was researching It was written by this woman named Dr. Catherine Hall. She's an actual professor at like a legit New Zealand university. And her theory is that Alexander the Great may actually have been buried alive. Uh, Let's go into that for a little bit. Yeah. So this is super interesting. I'd always read that he died of like malaria or some other fever. Dr. Hall suggests that his fever, the stomach illness, and this like increasing paralysis that he had may have been caused by the Campylobacter. 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 (laughs) Uh, May have been caused by the Campylobacter pylori bacteria. About one in a thousand people get Guillain-Barre syndrome after infection with that bacteria, and Alexander the Great may have been one of those unlucky people. Apparently, he was lucid up until the very end, which also fits well with Dr. Hall's theory. When Alexander the Great died, it took six days for his body to start decaying. At the time, they attributed this to him being like possibly a demigod, but if he was actually dying very slowly, his breaths would have been getting farther and farther apart and less and less perceptible, so it's entirely possible that he was actually not dead when they thought he was, and that he later died of asphyxiation after being entombed. That's a little far-fetched to me, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a long time ago, so we'll probably never know, but I think it's interesting. I couldn't find any legit statistics about the rate of premature burial, which kind of makes sense because, like, one, is extraordinarily rare, and two, since you're likely to die if you've been buried alive in a casket, chances are nobody's going to even know that you were buried alive to count you as a statistic. I did find some cases where murder victims have been buried alive, so that also happens, but like regular being buried alive, I couldn't find any statistics about that either, 
I actually looked at a few lists with causes of death in murder cases, and none of them listed being buried alive. It's probably just such a small number that it's not worth calling out specifically, so it just gets lumped into like the other category. So what actually kills you when you're being buried alive? Apparently, it's most likely going to be suffocation or asphyxiation. One source says that you have like five hours of oxygen if you find yourself fully buried in a casket. Yeah, I believe that caskets are meant to be leak-proof for liquids, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and that five hours is assuming that you're not hyperventilating, also for the record. So I think that's just like a mathematical thing. I think if I found myself buried alive in a casket, I would have like 20 minutes of oxygen before I just died. All right, let's get into the guidelines. Let's assume that there are two main situations you could find yourself in when you're buried alive. So you're either in a casket or some other container, or you're just buried in the earth with no container around you. If you're just in the earth sans casket, you may have a chance depending on how far down you are. I read an NPR article about an escape artist who did a stunt where he allowed himself to be buried beneath six feet of dirt, and then he tried to dig himself out of it. He actually lost consciousness and had to be rescued with two whole feet of dirt still remaining above him. He survived, but he got a cracked rib from the weight of the dirt on him. And that's a trained guy who knew he was going to be buried alive. He was literally training for it. Yeah, so that doesn't bode well for a regular person like us trying to actually dick ourselves out. Apparently even Houdini couldn't do it. But if someone has tried to murder you and they've buried you in the earth, they probably didn't put like a full six feet of dirt on top of you. Okay, so let's assume that it's possible to dig yourself out. How would you actually do it? Well, first you have to not panic, which is going to be basically impossible. But you know, if you realize that you're panicking, try to slow your breath down, conserve as much oxygen as possible. And then you're going to try to like wiggle. I've seen some places calling it like acting like a worm, kind of like wiggle and move the dirt. The whole goal being to dig yourself out and get your head above the land. Now, if you're in a casket, you're probably going to be in even a worse spot than being buried just in the earth. You're going to have more oxygen around you, so you'll have a little bit more time, but you have to like bust out of the casket and then dig yourself out. So you've got like an extra step. If you're in a steel casket, you're just straight up fucked. You could try pushing on the lid, but the weight of the earth is probably going to be too much. It's going to be hundreds of pounds, so you probably won't be able to lift it from laying down inside of a casket. If you've been buried in a wooden casket, you might be able to bust your way out of it and then dig your way out. Just be prepared for the dirt to rush in if you do manage to like bust a hole in it. Logistically, I struggle with this a little bit. If you bust through with your feet because you're kicking, I don't think you're going to have enough tar- like enough room in the casket to turn around. So I still think you're going to be stuck because you can't like inchworm your way out feet first. It's just not going to work. And if you somehow bust through with your head or somewhere like that, you're going to have like a sudden rush of dirt on your face. And it's going to make breathing more difficult. So you're going to have to move fast. At least if it lands on your head, you'd be in a position to pull yourself up to get your head upright so you can dig yourself out faster. It seems like to me you're still probably fucked if there's a casket involved. Yeah, I don't think your odds are good. I saw like on the infographic YouTube channel a video about getting out when you've been buried alive, and they're actually suggesting that the center of the casket is structurally the weakest. If you don't have a tool, though, I don't think you're going to be able to maneuver yourself to like actually hit the center of the casket with any real force. Also, you might be able to try feeling around in the dark and see if you can use something in there. You may or may not have been buried with a phone or like a tool, like a flashlight. You also might have a shirt that you can use to cover your face up if you're trying to get out face first. That's going to keep you from inhaling the dirt ostensibly. Yeah, and also if you have like matches or a lighter, don't use them. You're going to burn up your oxygen and you're going to suffocate a lot faster. So in summary, if you're mistaken for being dead, 
you're probably pretty close to actually being dead. I read about two recent cases that happened within the last 20 years. In 2006, someone was discovered to not be dead at their literal funeral. There was a woman named Fagilyu Mukametsyanov who had a heart attack at home, and she was declared dead. She then regained consciousness in her casket in the middle of her funeral service. She started yelling and then screaming, and she was eventually rushed to the hospital. Her heart gave out again, and she ended up only living for a few minutes at the hospital before she died for the second time. Yeah, I think I actually read about that story when it happened like a thousand years ago, but that's, it's a really sad case. I can't imagine how scary it would be to like wake up at your own funeral and it's not a dream, you know? That's so scary. I actually read a similar case from 2011 in the actual United States in Mississippi, where a man whose name was Walter Williams was thought to be dead, but was discovered in the morgue when he was like literally about to be embalmed. I think his legs started moving and he lived a couple weeks before dying but he also, you know, died pretty shortly thereafter. So the chances of you being found alive, like being buried or about to be embalmed or something like that, and then you living a normal life is probably pretty small because you're probably in a fucked up state to begin with to have been mistaken for being dead. But then there's that French guy who hit his head on a motorcycle and then lived a long life. So, you know, there's always a chance. I did want to take a minute to talk about portrayals of live burials in film and TV. I think a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with the film Kill Bill, in which Uma Thurman, who is the lead in this film, is buried within a casket. I'm going to... Okay. You mean she buried herself or someone else buried her? She was buried... I haven't seen it for a long time, but she was buried by her enemies, basically. Okay. I am going to be honest. I have not seen Kill Bill. I've only seen a few Tarantino movies, and I don't think they're very good. I think he crosses the line from being very, like an homage to something to just not having any original ideas himself and just ripping off a ton of other people. That is a fair opinion. I think in general, he is an overhyped director, but there are a few films of his that are pretty solid. Yeah, he's also like a generally creepy kind of person. So I don't know. I don't I don't want to knock what people love, but I'm just not a Tarantino person. So Uma Thurman is the main character. Yes, she's the, she's the lead. Yes, She has enemies. Yes. And she is buried by said enemies. So if I remember correctly, this is going to sound so stupid to someone who knows the movie well. She was actually believed to have been dead. I don't know if she was planned to have been knocked out and then buried under false pretenses. I think think she may have been buried under the assumption that she was actually dead. Okay. But apparently she came to in the casket underground. Okay. And then because of her hippy-dippy kung fu training, she gets out by... Wait, she kung fu's her way out? Yeah, what guess, does that mean? Guess how... Okay, I'm not going to tell you yet. Tell me how you think she gets out. Okay, well, it's Tarantino, so probably with her feet. No? 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 <laughs> okay, no. what is it? So she does the one-inch punch thing where she... No, that was she, my second she guess. She literally only has like a couple inches of room, so she starts punching with one hand over and over because she was trained like that from some old white dude or sorry old chinese dude with white hair okay she does it over and over and over her knuckles eventually start getting super bloody it's a huge ordeal but she gets out that way she just starts punching her way out basically isn't it there's literally hundreds of pounds of dirt on her though that like you can't no human i don't remember how deep it was but she does get out that way i don't know what to tell you okay well so that's one movie 
There's also the movie Buried, which have you ever actually seen I have Buried? not seen that one. No. I've tried to get you to watch that so many times. I don't know why you don't want to see it. I just don't want to watch it. Is it because it's like one actor in one set piece the whole time? You think it's going to be boring? I just don't think the plot's going to be very interesting to me. I think you're underestimating it. So in that one, Ryan Reynolds is buried for basically the entirety of the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it or for you because you haven't seen it. But basically he's in there. I think he somehow, it's like him discovering like what his options are. I think at some point he finds that he has a phone. I think he also had a match and he's thinking like, do I want to light the match? Do I want to burn up all of my oxygen? I think you should really watch Buried. I think you're really underestimating it as a movie. Perhaps. And to kind of circle it all the way back, this is going to be an instance in a Justice League movie, an animated one, that we both have seen and our daughter has seen too. Really? Yeah, it's the one where the Legion of Doom ends up stealing Batman's plans to neutralize the Justice League, and Bane is the one who actually knocks Batman out and puts him into the same casket that his parents are buried in. So he's got to find a way out of there and get back above ground. I... Okay, I... Do you remember watching this? Yes. It was ridiculous, even for a comic book, but yes. Yes, he wakes up next to his literal skeletal parents' remains, and he gets over it. And what he does, similar to how Uma Thurman got out, is he had a key on him. So he puts a key kind of like between his fingers and his fist. You mean like you're paranoid at night and you're walking to your car by yourself? Well, think like Wolverine, though. Like, he holds a key in between with the key part jutting out. Yeah, that's what, pu- that's that's what, what you saying. do when you're okay. walking to I know, your I'm car. just making sure yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, you, so, you Wolverine it. Yeah, so he Wolverines one key and he starts doing the one-inch punch like a crazy person Wouldn't out. that just bend the key eventually? Surely the Waynes could oh, afford yeah. like a nice steel casket. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, your parents are in some kind of shitty wooden casket because he just There's punches no his way. way out. There's no way the Waynes would have like no. a, like a like pauper's casket. There's yeah, no way. Exactly. So anyways, he gets out from however many feet of dirt and it's like nothing ever happened. Because I was thinking you'd be exhausted it's doing this kind of stuff. It's six feet of dirt unless Bane <laughs> exhumed his parents, put more dirt down and then put the coffins on top of the dirt he piled up on top of the bottom, if that makes any sense. Like he would have had to have lifted the coffins for it to be less than six feet right? If the ground is level on top and the parents were six feet under, then Batman is also six feet under. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying both this and the Uma Thurman punching her way out in Kill Bill, that would have to be extraordinarily exhausting because you're not punching your way out within half an hour. You're definitely not. I don't think it's possible because that magician that I, I think it was like Anthony Britton or something like that. That was his name. He's famous. The fact that that guy couldn't dig himself out of loose dirt before he lost consciousness without a casket tells me that it's probably not possible. The amount of energy that he had and the oxygen that he was losing, he Mm -hmm. he literally couldn't get out and he was trained to do this. So if you're trapped in a casket and you're trying to bust out of the casket, which is going to use up all your oxygen, Mm -hmm. you're already at a major oxygen deficit. There's no way you're going to get six feet up. There's no way. And not just that, but think about the mechanics of it. If you're literally going to punch instead of kick your way out, you have so little room to build momentum and force. Um, how much punch thing is so stupid. I don't get I, it. I know. I completely fucking agree with you. It is idiotic, but even more idiotic than outside of a combat situation. It is even more idiotic to dig your way out of a casket. It just makes no sense. Sorry, going back to the one inch punch thing. It's like if you have that kind of power. If you actually bump into somebody in line at the grocery store, you're going to like demolish them. Like well, the way that they do it in real life, quote unquote, do it is you're less punching somebody and you're more so pushing them with your torso. Like you're using torque as your real 
like real people or are you talking about like in movies? No, I mean, I'm trying not to disparage people who are like really into this kind of stuff. But in real life, there is some similar technique where you can one inch punch someone and it really uses more of like your whole body to do it. But you're really just pushing someone really fucking fast. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll buy that. That's fine. Well, think about it from like a mechanically simplistic equivalent. So think about having a mop, right? Okay. If you have a mop and I'm pushing against you with the end of the mop and the mop is only about like one inch away from you, that's kind of the same thing. I'm just thrusting a mop at you from one inch away. You're going to be pushed back, yeah. but it's not going to be a punch. It's a push. Yeah, right? I, I think that's very different from the movie version of like you'll be obliterated internally. Like that, that's different. Speaking of which, so there is a different technique about being obliterated internally. That's even fucking dumber in Kill Bill. It's I even think, dumber. Are these movies worth literally, watching? There's a thing where you dial Morse code on somebody and it makes their heart explode. Any Morse code or like a specific message? It's like a specific fucking like pattern. Does it spell something? I don't know. It looks like you're tapping on a telegram thing <laughs> and then their heart explodes. <laughs> oh... I, I would not enjoy the movies, I'm sure, but I enjoyed that image of them. So anyways, to kind of wrap it all up, if you're buried alive, it is basically impossible for you to survive unless you're somehow coincidentally saved by an external party or an external force. Yeah, if someone is exhuming you because they think there's insurance fraud, but that you'd be embalmed at that point. So you're probably screwed anyway. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that you should give up. I think conserving oxygen is important. You eat through a lot of oxygen if you panic. And a lot of places I was reading did say that because the fact that you're still alive in the casket or in the earth, that means you must have been buried very recently, which means that the earth hasn't been compacted yet. So it's going to be loose. So you might have a chance of getting out in time if you go fast enough. But the casket's the issue. Yeah. If you have been put in a casket, you're probably fucked. It's probably the end for you. And unfortunately, it's not going to be fun because dying of asphyxiation is like a really horrible way to well, die. Well, how does it compare to hypoxia? You know how if you are... You just have low oxygen. Cave diving? Yeah, where you like run out of oxygen, so you're just breathing carbon dioxide over and over. Are you breathing carbon dioxide in that case, or are you breathing like nitrogen or something? No, I think your tanks are empty, so you're breathing in... We'd have to talk to real dive experts but let's talk about it in a more familiar way where you are breathing in not oxygen it's all carbon dioxide it will be horrible don't you just fall asleep no no you don't it's really awful that's just like straight up regular suffocation dude the one that makes you fall asleep is when it's like nitrogen there's like the swedish death coffins or whatever where they put you in it and they gradually I, pump I don't it. Think no I will die on this hill. It is not pleasant. The thing that's unpleasant about... He's looking it up now. The thing that's unpleasant about suffocating is the buildup of the carbon dioxide in your bloodstream. That's what makes it so awful. If it's replaced with something like nitrogen, like in those like death coffins for terminally ill people or old people, that's not painful. That's like you just go to sleep. That's very different from suffocating in a coffin. I'll believe you for now. Okay, look it up. I will die on this hill. I'll look it up. If it were pleasant... Then all the cases that I read of people being exhumed and they've been discovered that they were buried alive, all of them like ripped their fingernails off. They scratched the inside of the coffins. Their fingers were like bloody stumps. Like it was awful. Everyone who finds himself there, it wasn't just the panic of realizing that they've been buried alive. It was the agony of also suffocating while being buried alive. I buy that. All right. I looked it up. I was 100% correct. It is the carbon dioxide that makes it painful. And the nitrogen is not painful. 
I did have one thing wrong, though. I was talking about the suicide pods as being Swedish. I don't know why I thought that. They are actually invented by an Australian man, and they're potentially going to be used in Switzerland, not Sweden. So I had my, my S's mixed up. Yes, the famous neighbors, <laughs> Australia and Sweden. Okay, I actually don't know. Are Sweden and Switzerland close? I don't know. I'm bad at geography. Sweden and Switzerland are not that close together, but they are relatively close. But there's other countries in between. Yes, well, there's like a whole channel of water in between them. Do they touch other part from the water? I could just look this up too. It doesn't matter. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about geography. So I have one last question for you. We're talking labyrinth of death and choices and stuff. You find yourself in a casket and let's say it's steel. Do you try to get yourself out or do you try to find some way to kill yourself faster than suffocating over five hours? I would definitely try to get out in the first 20 minutes. And once it had finally sunk in that I definitely, definitely cannot get out, then I would try to somehow die peacefully, if that makes sense. I don't know how you do that, though. I mean, like, the chance of you being buried with something actually useful is, I feel, very small. So you might just be in for a rough ride. This is a dark, a dark ending for a Halloween special. But, you know, the chances are very small. But I don't think I could consign myself to death. I think maybe you could. I don't think that I could. I think that if I became unearthed by, like, archaeologists a thousand years from now, and I would still be there because I was embalmed and pickled, I would be the person who, like, would have no fingertips because I'd try to scratch my way out of a steel casket. Yeah, you're crazy about that. Yeah, I just really, I don't want to die. And I especially don't want to die by suffocating. That's horrible. All right, so I think that's all we've got for being buried alive. You got anything else? No, I think we're good for now. All right, so don't forget that we have a website. It's called inthelabyrinthofdeath.com. You can also reach us at In the Labyrinth of Death on Instagram. So follow us, leave us a review wherever you're listening. We'd really appreciate it. Tune in next week for a new episode of In the Labyrinth of Death. In the meantime, send us your spooky Halloween stories or near misses with death to in the labyrinth of death at gmail.com. See y'all next week.